Good day, everybody. Hope everybody had a good day, and hopefully you're looking forward to week three, whether you're listening to this on a Thursday, Friday, or just before the games this weekend. Good luck in what's happening this week, and hopefully you can pull down a win in your week three matchups. Today's podcast is going to, we're going to talk about a shout out to a commentator. We're going to take that to an overreaction corner. We'll talk about the week two injuries and what had happened with those players and how long they might be out. Talk about busts from week two and how to handle them moving forward. And talk about a few uh, matchups uh, problems in week three on who you would start if you have that problem on your team. And also we'll talk about a little GPP plays. Um, Today we'll talk a little bit about strategy, kind of different GPP uh, games that I enjoy um, that I've seen that are a little better than the Millie Maker, who is a very top-heavy uh, tournament out there. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, like I said, we'd like to first start out with a shout-out to Stephen FJR. Um, thank you for the follow. Thank you for the support. And thank you for the questions. Keep them coming, and hopefully we can help you win your leagues this season. A few questions that I had uh, come in through uh, Instagram this past week is a few options, um, a few, few questions about the Denver Broncos situation there in Denver, uh, the running back situation that is, um, about Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay moving forward. I was very high on Freeman coming into the year. Still do like him. Uh, obviously, he's not the player that I maybe thought he was going to be. He doesn't seem like he's running with that same inten- intensity that he had in uh, the training camp in preseason. Um, I don't know if it's something that he's just not hitting the hole hard enough, if it's something that he's just not not doing that I think that he should. Obviously, he's a, he knows what he's doing on the football field. He's going he's gonna to be a great player, obviously. Um, I still like him long-term. Short-term, I think Philip Lindsay is the Broncos' back to own in fantasy. But obviously, do not drop Royce Freeman, especially if you're a keeper league. I think he's uh, definitely down the road. I think he's going to show us that he is that uh, workhorse back that I think he can be and eventually probably will be. But as of right now, I think Lindsay is the back to to start and play on a weekly basis um, moving forward, and especially with this Baltimore game coming up. I'm not high on either running back for the Broncos. But if I had to pick one or the other, obviously I'm going to go Lindsey because it seems like he is the RB1 right now in that Denver Broncos backfield. Let's also not forget they have De- um, they have uh, Devonta uh, Booker out back there as well. And so that's it's just a three-headed monster right now. Obviously, Freeman's getting more looks than than uh, Booker is, but it just Lindsey is probably getting a good fifty to six percent of those carries, and I don't know if thirty percent is enough for me, obviously, to consider Freeman a cash game play, or a GP play, GPP play, or even a play in season long, whether it be an RB two or a flex. I'm just not there. I think I need to see a little more out of him, and kind of hurts me because I was really high on him coming into the season. Like I said, I still think he can be that player. But right now, it's just it is Philip Lindsay's show there in Denver. Another question that was popular is the Joe Mixon injury that we saw on last Thursday night. Going to be sidelined for a couple weeks. One guy was talking about how he had he lost Leonard Fournette last week. This week he lost Joe Mixon. What's going on? Should he just give in this, give up the season? Obviously, that's that's a that's a very big overreaction. Um, you're obviously not going to pack it in in week two and give up. Is it tough? You lost probably your two starting running backs. Absolutely, it's uh, tough losing Fournette alone. Now you lose Mixon. You're probably looking at backups. Um, hopefully you drafted depth there, 
But if you have both running backs, you definitely want to go out and get Giovanni Bernard. And if you don't already have him from last uh, last week picking up um, TJ Yeldon, you want to have, make sure you have uh, Yeldon as well. Uh, hopefully Fournette can come back this week and play. But as it is right now, if you own those both both those running backs, hopefully your depth was was a nice depth there, and hopefully you have a good receiving core because you're missing two of the starts, two of the top talents in this league at running, especially with the uh, uh, the way Mixon looked the first couple weeks. I thought he was on his way to being a great play this year. I think he still can be. But rumor has it that he says he will not be coming back until he feels like he is ready to come back. Um, so that's like I said, that sounds like two to four weeks. But with those that coming from Mixon, who knows how long that's going to be taking him out. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, this last week we saw again a bunch of injuries happen um, in the NFL. We saw the Joe Mixon with a knee injury. Like I said, he's out two to four weeks. LaShawn McCoy with a rib injury. Todd Gurley left with cramps, but I believe he will be definitely fine. Um, I, I believe he probably would have been able to come back in the game if the game was close enough. But the Rams, as we're seeing, the Rams are your typical uh, Madden football team. You pick a team, you try to get as many of the star players on that team and make your team's uh, standout team. That's what it looks like in Los Angeles. That team is ridiculous, and so they blew out week two. No need to bring Gurley back when they're up so big. Um, we, all, we all saw Melvin Gordon leave with a neck injury. He's another player that I think he'll be fine coming up this week. Uh, Mike Wallace um, sounds like he's out indefinitely. They're wondering about the season there in Philadelphia for the veteran wide receiver. He's uh, dealing with a foot injury. Uh, Dalvin Cook he did not practice on Wednesday and uncertain for this upcoming weekend. Uh, the Vikings might be interested in sitting him out with a matchup against the lowly bills that's a that's a that's a uh player that i'm really going to be wanting to keep an eye on i got dalvin cook in a couple of my leagues and i i backed him up um in the waiver wire i picked up his backup obviously because of that going down i i, I don't want to be stuck there and i think latavius murray can be a solid pickup in your leagues this week if cook is forced to miss which i think they would be wise to think about at least in the in the least at least um Saw Fitzgerald leave with a hamstring injury. Those hamstring injuries, just like Cooks, are very tricky. Um, they can pop up on you anytime. Um, it sounds like Fitzgerald should be good to go, but again, those hamstring injuries are tough to take. And then we also saw Jay Ajayi with a back injury. Of all those injuries, obviously Mixon's missing a couple weeks. Cook is the biggest injury of those group. I think everybody else is going to probably play outside of Wallace, who we already know is out indefinitely as well. But Cook is the one that I'm keeping my eye on because of that hamstring injury and the team they're playing this week. I don't think it's any – they definitely don't need him to beat the Bills. Uh, they can throw in Murray, who's a very capable running back. And if he's not owned in your league and you're a Cook owner, I would definitely go out there and pick up Murray to possibly start this week. And if he is the starter and Cook is out, he is a fantastic season-long play. Probably a pretty good cash game play on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, I probably wouldn't touch him in GPPs just because I want get players with a high upside in those GPP games. But cash game season long, definitely if he starts, you want to start him there. Um, moving forward, a um, few things to look talk about is Patrick Mahomes. First couple games, 10 touchdowns. Solid start for the uh, second-year quarterback, taking over the reins there in Kansas City. One guy was wondering if he's a start over Aaron Rodgers. Made me think that... There's a very possibility that you took Mahomes as a backup to someone like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady late in your draft. 
Now you're seeing Mahomes as a solid pickup and solid player. Is he worth a start moving forward over two big-name players like that? And if he is, is it worth the possibility to trade Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, being that you can get a lot of value back for those star quarterbacks? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Rodgers and Brady can bring out a lot. If you can get a great package back in return for those, like a running back one or a wide receiver one, I would obviously think about it because Mahomes looks like he's the real deal. That offense, if you follow baseball, um, I consider it kind of like the, the Coors Field effect in baseball. Uh, the Colorado Rockies play, obviously, in Coors Field, and anytime the home team is hosting that game, no matter who comes in there, it seems like both teams score plenty of runs. That's how I figure the Kansas City Chiefs are this year. The defense is not that great. The offense obviously has strength, and they have stars everywhere. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, um, this, that, that offense is ridiculous. I mean, then you start thinking about someone like Sammy Watkins, who, who himself can have big plays as well. You don't think a player like that because of all the stars on that offense that they have. Um, so with Patrick Mahomes, I think their defense is going to give up a lot of points, which means Mahomes is always going to be throwing the ball, slinging the ball all over the field, and we know that he can get – obviously there's going to be a regression. Um, he's not going to be throwing five touchdown passes a game. That's obviously not going to happen. But I think he is good for a, a good two to three touchdowns a week. I mean, he's shown that he can play in this league – and I, I just like what I've seen of the kids so far. And if you can get a wide receiver one or a running back one for either Rodgers or Brady, depending on if you have either one of those as a st- quote-unquote starter um, over Mahomes, it might be worth the possibility to look at trading one or the other and riding Mahomes um, down the road. With the Packers, um, I was high on Jamal Williams coming, the, coming into this season as well. With Aaron Jones out the first two weeks, I thought he can grab a hold of that running back situation there and, as they say, run with it. He has not done that. Aaron Jones is back, and I am a little worried as a Jamal owner in most of my, in a lot of my leagues. I'm a little worried about Jones taking over that starting role in the next couple weeks. I don't think it's going to happen this week. They're going to probably ease him back in. But if Williams doesn't break out this week and show that he can handle that workload, I don't know if Jones is going to be sitting behind him. There's a very good possibility that Jones overtakes Williams as a starting running back. Only thing that Williams does have going for him is Aaron Rodgers' protection. He's a better pass blocker than Aaron Jones is. He's better at picking up those blitzes. And with Aaron Rodgers already dinged up, it's something that the Packers might really think about who they want to have back there in the backfield to keep their star player out. Because as we've seen in the past... No Aaron Rodgers means no playoffs for this Packers team. Um, so if you're looking at that angle, Williams is still I, – I would probably own both. Hopefully you own, own both of them. So if Jones does take over that role, I think eventually that running back in Green Bay, whether it be Williams, whether it be Jones, has a very good chance of being a great second-half player. Um, last, as, we, as, as we talked about last uh, going into the drafts, Williams was a top-10 runner last year in the second half of the year. I think the same thing can happen this year, especially if you want to keep Aaron Rodgers upright and not on the sideline like we saw last year and like we saw in the first half of the season where it looked like he might be suffered a season-ending injury. Um, speaking of running backs, going back to this week two, uh, we saw a pair of running backs grab 14 catches apiece in their matchups. Um, Christian McCaffrey, we obviously know, can catch the ball 
those little dump offs from Cam Newton is there, but 14 catches was ridiculous. That is a crazy output for the running back. Chris Thompson did the same thing for Washington. I think both are great plays, obviously, moving forward. And if you went with the no running, zero running back um, strategy in, in uh, fantasy football this year, maybe you were able to grab someone like Chris Thompson. And if, you, if it's in a PPR league, he's a phenomenal play moving forward. Um, as we've seen, those little dump-offs uh, looking for the running back is the way the Washington seems to be going there. Um, it's it's something that we've seen, and I don't think that's going to be going away anytime soon. 14 passes obviously aren't going to happen every week, but I think if he gets close to six, seven, eight catches a week, I think he's a, he's a, a very good um, season-long player in your season-long leagues as the Redskins Likely play from behind most most times than not. Um, Amari Cooper, a player that I was very high on coming into the season, he showed last week that he doesn't drop the passes anymore. Maybe this is a new Amari Cooper. I think it's something that would be rare. I don't think that's a possibility for Amari Cooper to be able to catch every single pass out there. He did last week. I think that's a fluke. But I think he proved that he can be a top 10 receiver in this league, and especially if he's plays in the slot, that slot receiver there in Gruden's offense gets plenty of looks, and that's where Cooper does do most of his damages as a slot in his career. I think moving forward, if the if the Raiders can keep him in the slot, his season is on the incline, not the decline, as we saw last week. David Johnson, is it time to panic on him? I don't think it's time to panic, but it's time to have your finger next to the button. He has not looked like that workhorse back that we've seen in the past. Um, I, you obviously had to put him at number four this year coming into the drafts just because of what he has done and what he can do. But that offense does not look like it's the same offense that David Johnson's had in the past. And I don't know if he can put up those numbers that we are ex- used to expected out of Mr. David Johnson there in Arizona. Um, if you can get market value for him as like a running back one, wide receiver one, I'd look into maybe trading him. See if you can find an owner in your league that is high on David Johnson. And if you can get a running back one or a wide receiver one back in return, um, I would look into it. Uh, Maybe the wide receiver one looking to it only if you have depth at running back because you still need to have the running backs on your roster. If you're sitting with David Johnson and a bunch of scrubs, you obviously don't want to trade David Johnson away for a wide receiver. But if you can get David Johnson for, I don't know, Alvin Kamara, um, one of those other star running backs. Obviously, see if you can find someone that is a bigger David Johns fan than yourself. Feel free to look at the draft, uh, the trading options. I'm sorry. So, was it smart going back to the drafts? Was it smart for us to pass on the likes of Melvin Gordon and some of the number one wide receivers for Saquon Barkley just because of what he might do in the NFL? Um, coming in as a rookie, you always have those rookies. Everybody's high on them. Everybody says this guy's going to be a star. All the all the signs pointed to Barkley being that star player, and he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong; he's still an, a phenomenal player. But that Giants offense is not that good, especially with the way you would think that would be good. I mean, you would think that a, an offense with Barkley, Beckham, Evan Ingram. Shepard, you think an offense with that kind of firepower on offense would be a good team, but Eli Manning is not the Eli Manning of old. 
he is old. He, just his, the, the Eli Manning of old is exactly that. He's old. Um, I think he, if the Giants are realizing that they screwed up in the draft and they took a running back where they probably should have took one of the top quarterbacks coming into the league because now you're finding yourself behind the eight ball. And it's just, personally, I wish I would have, in my league that I do have Barkley, I wish I would have went with a uh, number one wide receiver or even Melvin Gordon over Saquon Barkley. Not to say he's not going to be able to turn it around. Not to say he hasn't put up decent numbers. But out of your first round pick, he has not, Matt, he has not lived up to that hype coming out of the draft. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are welcoming back Mr. One Carson Wentz this week. Um, he's been cleared to play this week against the Colts, and I think he is a player that I'm just going to keep an eye on. I'm definitely probably not going to start Carson Wentz. Um, obviously, if Wentz is your only option, which I hope not, because we knew he was he was going to be dinged up coming into the year, coming off that knee injury. Hopefully you backed him up with another quarterback and you're able to start that quarterback over the next week or two. I'm going to play a wait and see. The Colts are a phenomenal matchup for Wentz, but I want to wait and see how he looks, how much the Eagles pass, and what his chemistry looks like with those guys there in Philadelphia who, coming out of the gate, have not looked like these Super Bowl champs that you would think they are. Um, that might that probably is going to change now that Carson Wentz is back and he brings that leadership to the field. But as a fantasy owner of Wentz, if you are, I would stay away from him to start and just keep an eye on him and maybe start him next week moving forward after that. A few matchups we're looking at. Um, possibility is that in that div- the pivotal division matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints, are you looking at starting Drew Brees or Matt Ryan? Obviously, I think both options are great plays. If it's a cash game play, I think I'm going to go with Brees. If it's a GPP play, I'm probably going to go with Matt Ryan. If for some reason you own both in season long, I'm probably going Breeze just because of the Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Um, Obviously, Matt Ryan has his own weapons, but I think I'm going Breeze on the road, maybe playing from behind. Um, Going back to Mahomes and the conversation of that, let's say you do have a Tom Brady and Mahomes on your roster. Are you going to go with someone like... Patrick Mahomes, or are you going to go with Tom Brady in his matchup against Detroit Lions? This week, I think I go with the GOAT, Mr. Tom Brady, and his matchup against the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions are going to get shredded by Tom Brady on Sunday night. And lastly, Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry versus the Jaguars. I think both options are not on my list to play, but if I had to pick one or the other, I'm probably going Deion Lewis just because his his catching ability out of the backfield, and Derrick Henry cannot catch the ball as well as Deion Lewis. Lewis is the pass-catching back there in, in Tennessee. But like I said, I would not want to play either option there in on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that brings us to our final thing about GPPs this week going on uh, throughout the industry. Um, obviously, the Millie Maker going on. I think it's $9 for an entry for FanDuel and $20 for um, DraftKings. Tell me that you wouldn't like to have a million dollars. I know I would if you can win, if you can bink that tournament. Obviously, it's great, but those are both very top-heavy tournaments. Uh, one of the tournaments that I'm looking at is the $9 slant on DraftKings. Pays a tenth of the pot to first place with fifth getting a fifth of top prize and of over 20% of the people in the tournament doubling their money their entry fee 
I like the way that structure is. You still get a top heavy $50,000 to first place. You still get a lot of money for first place, but you see a lot of people doubling their money in that tournament as well, where the Millie Maker is a very top heavy tournament where if you're not winning first, you're winning. I mean, obviously, $150,000 is a lot of money, but the difference between $1 million and $150,000 for second is a big drop. Um, I'd like to see the, the places um, level that out a little bit more, but obviously you wanna, it helps to sell those tournaments when you are trying to get more and more people on your site. Million dollar top prize, $20 buy-in. It's great for advertising to offer that. Um, I mean, it's, it's better than playing the lotto if you have a shot of winning that tournament. A few of the games going on this week that I'm looking forward to watching and having plenty of players in are the Saints and Falcons game. I think that game is going to be a shootout between two high-powered offenses. Hopefully you have plenty of players in the, that game in season-long and DFS. I'm also looking forward to San Francisco traveling to Kansas City. And like I said, I'm getting to look at Mahomes more and more and how great of a player he seems to be looking at. On the season, he's sitting with over nearly 600 yards and 10 touchdowns in just two games as a starting quarterback there. I think he's in for a phenomenal year. Um, an interesting strategy for Stacks um, is taking a Mahomes, uh, go, pair him with Kelsey, and maybe running it back with Matt Breda for San Francisco. A lot of people are going are to be on Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Maybe change that up and go Kelsey instead of Tyreek Hill and still have uh, your your Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy team as well for GPPs. Um, I'm also looking forward to the Colts and Eagles. I think Andrew Luck is a phenomenal GPP play this week. Um, playing from behind at the Eagles, I think they're going to be pass, passing plenty. And how you beat this Eagles team is against the cornerbacks on the outside, which means I like a Luck to T.Y. Hilton combination in big tournaments. Maybe they can strike gold a couple times in that game, and you have yourself a low-owned stack. Um, I also am looking forward to looking at the Sunday night game to see the Detroit Lions get shredded by that New England Patriots offense and see what kind of impact Josh Gordon has in that game. Um, coming over in that trade, which I think is ridiculous, that they only gave up a fifth-round pick for him. That is, I mean... And, and and plus they I believe it, I read that they also if he doesn't play in ten games or start in ten games, something like that, they get a draft a late draft pick in return. That's why the Patriots are so far more advanced than a lot of these teams in the league. They are just thinking outside the box and they can turn those uh, trouble players into stars and turn them around. Look what they did to Randy Moss. Obviously I don't think Gordon is a Moss he's gonna be Moss, but he's a Moss type of player. Um they're missing that deep threat. And when Edelman comes back, you're looking at Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Rob Gronkowski, James White out of the backfield. It's a pretty high-powered offense. Don't don't forget Chris Hogan, Rex Burkhead. That offense is going to be pretty amazing um, moving forward. And if you own Tom Brady, you're probably very happy about the news of Josh Gordon. If you're a Josh Gordon fan, you're obviously happy because he's going to be playing with one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game, if not the best, the his resume speaks for himself. Tom Brady is the GOAT. It's hard to say that as a Bronco fan, but I have to admit it as well. Uh, the Monday night game, I'm not – obviously it's football and I'm going to be watching the Monday night game, but the Steelers, that Buccaneers, eh, take it or leave it, but I'm not a big fan of that game. Obviously it's, it's going to be a lot of star power. We get to see Fitzmagic, see if he can continue that early season where he's, he's thrown for nearly 
over 800 yards and eight touchdowns. He's had a great start to the year. I think Jameis Winston has lost his starting job because who's going to want to bench Fitzpatrick when they've, got, they've taken him off to a 2-0 start and he's putting up um, game gameplay stats, you uh, play game stats on the offense that really is not that overwhelming and great. Sure, they have Deshaun Jackson, they have Mike Evans, but if you put them against any of the other teams, the New England Patriots, the uh, Rams, the Texans, the Giants, the star players on those teams, the Buccaneers don't have nearly the star power that some of those other teams have, and they're putting up some crazy numbers there in Tampa Bay. So that'll do it this week for the podcast. If you have not followed us on Instagram, please give us a follow. Fantasy football underscore genius underscore. That's fantasy football underscore genius underscore. Follow us on Twitter at fansportsgenius. And check out our website, www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. We got rankings. We got articles for free. We have tiered $5, $10, $20 entry, different levels you can get your information from. Look forward to helping you win your matchups in week three, and we will talk to you later. Have a good weekend.